Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you have to be listening to us in this great wide world brought together by the internet. Last week, guys, do a podcast are here. I'm John Morgan with Leon Brown, Daniel Bolton. We are talking, well, we're going to talk Super Bowl. We're going to wrap it up as the NFL season is in the books for the 2022-23 season. And what a game we saw in Phoenix, Arizona. It was the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Eagles. And first off, it's going to, I mean, I guess the really big play in this one, the holding penalty late that kept that Kansas City drive alive. So, guys, let me ask you first off, do you call that holding penalty or did Juju Schuster get away with something? That's on you, Daniel. Yeah, we're waiting for Daniel. So oh, okay. Daniel watch right. that. Okay. And I know he's got okay. some opinions on, um, on the hold on on Schuster. Okay. Um, so there's a couple of points I'm going to make on this Super Bowl. I'm glad, um, you know, I'm going to get this. I'm going to mention about five things. I'm going to try to do it as quickly as I can. Okay. Um, and since you brought up the hold penalty, that is one of the things that I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, the answer is yes. You have to make that call. That was a great call by the referee. He took the man's uh, jersey. Uh, this was uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. Or James Bradbury. I think it was James Bradbury. Yeah, yeah it was, I think it was Bradbury, yeah. Bradbury, yeah, because yeah, they, they talked about him being with the Giants and with Carolina, and, and this was probably the best we had ever seen him this year. He took the man's jersey when he was breaking, when Schuster was breaking. And then he wrapped his arm around him as he was as he made the move to the outside uh, to to actually the post. Mm-hmm. So he did like a, a what they call a snuggle, a slant. And then he turned around and made a go out. But you can't hold the man. That's that's proceeding the man. Listen, I don't care if it's week one with with eight thirty seven to play. If it's week 15, there's two minutes to play. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's two minutes to go in the Super Bowl. You have to make that call. This is something that we have been talking about all this year on how referees have missed calls. They've made calls that should have been made. All of this. They finally get it right. And, and Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram blows up at the referees because they're saying that you can't make a call with two minutes to go in the Super Bowl and ruins the game? No, that was an all-time great game. One holding penalty that Bradbury actually came out and admitted the fact that he robbed the man. And which That's is something good. which if I'm if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm going to Bradbury and saying, what the heck are you doing? You should say, no, I never touched him. That No, 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 you should not say that. <laughs> Because that at least but gives kudos. us gives us. I mean, yeah, kudos for him for being honest. But I don't think he won any points yeah. in the locker room for it. And and if he didn't, I I would I would just I would just say, look, first off, they can't go back and they can't review it. No, you can go back and review that a hundred a hundred million times. If Sirianni goes back and say, why would you do that? Then. Nick Sirianni needs glasses too, because it's very clearly held. Yeah. I mean, it's just—it's just that simple. He made the holding play. He said that he did it, and and 
you know, you just have to give him credit where credit is due. It, that's that's one thing. The second thing, Jalen Hurts played so well. I mean, Jalen Hurts had a Super Bowl MVPS performance. Right. And it was one play that left, that that just probably turned everything. I said it on this show. I have said it to people all over. The most demoralizing thing that can happen to any team on the football field is a non-offensive touchdown scored against them. Yep. And Nick Bolton, my cousin, joking, he's not my cousin, he is not my cousin, <laughs> gets up and runs a 36-yard fumble return for a touchdown, almost ran back another one, but it was called an incomplete pass or something like that. So he almost had two fumble recoveries. He would have been Super Bowl MVP had that second opponent. And don't forget the punt return that almost went for a touchdown. Led his points right out. Oh, yeah, I was about to mention that. I was about to mention that. That that was another one. Kadarius Tony runs back the longest punt return in NFL in Super Bowl history. That sets it up. But let's go to the Eagles for my last two points. There were two things that they did better than anybody in the National Football League that actually that they did not do in the Super Bowl. And I've said this before, and I said it before. And, and the, the other team's bad habits caught up to them. The 49ers, they lost two quarterbacks during the regular season. What happened? They ended up losing all of them. Right. Right. The Minnesota Vikings were 11 0 in one square games all season long. Guess what? They, and they came from behind in about six of those. Guess what? The Giants beat them because they allowed the, the slack to, to come off of them. Right. Right. This time, the Philadelphia Eagles did two things better than anybody in the National Football League this year. Number one, they ran the football exceptionally well. Jalen Hurts was the only player to rush for over 50 yards on his team. The running backs did not run the football well. Jalen Hurts ran for 74 yards. He basically did everything on his own, pretty much. And I say everything because his defense, which was stellar all season long. Uh-huh. What was the best thing that defense did? They sacked the quarterback. They sacked the quarterback 78 times this year. Uh, this year. Four guys had at least 10 sacks. That's an NFL record. Nobody's ever done that before. How many sacks did they get on Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely none. Yes. Zero. They sacked Mahomes zero times. In fact, they probably hurried him once. And that's when he hurt the ankle. Speaking of Mahomes, let's give his brother his flowers. If he was to retire today, he'd be the third best quarterback in NFL history. Because he's done what he has done in a six-year span. Let's not count the first year because he sat behind Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. But in five years, where has he been? AFC Championship, no less. AFC Championship, no less. He has never been beaten in the divisional round. In fact, He's never been on the road. Yeah. Except for the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has never been on the road in the playoffs. Except for the Super Bowl. He's never traveled. He's never had to do that. Yes. That's an attest to him and his team. That's what they do. Patrick Mahomes, under immense pressure, just knows how to get it done. And knows how to win the game. They made adjustments. And it was amazing to see Andy Reid make adjustments. We can talk about the culture character later on in the show because I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit flabbergasted at it. But 
you know, kudos to, and congratulations to Eric Bieniemy. Uh, he took the offensive coordinator position with Washington, but he's also an assistant head coach. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes with that. But listen, great Super Bowl, and not just with the game itself. I don't care what anybody has to say. Rihanna put on an amazing uh, halftime performance, and America the Beautiful lifted every voice, and the national anthem was sung to perfection. The only two things that I did not care for in those Super Bowls was Terry Bradshaw, Fat Shane, and uh, Andy Reid at the post-game show, mm-hmm. and the field. The field is too much paint on the field. Everybody was slipping and sliding. Didn't care for it. Yeah, both- Other than that, great Super Bowl from start to finish. Yeah, a lot of players were changing cleats after halftime. Uh, trying to get more, mm-hmm. trying to get more footing into that into that one. You talk about Jalen Hurts. You forgot about well. First of all, two things about the Eagles. Number one is their proclivity to send Hurts on quarterback sneaks that almost always worked. So much so that the NFL is considering banning the quarterback sneak. And the second thing yeah. is Philadelphia, who has an almost allergic reaction to punting on fourth down. Yeah. They will not do yeah. it they, unless it's fourth and long. If it's fourth and close, yep. they're going for it. And a lot of times they made it. They went on a they go on a quick count and yes, they get in and they get it. But good but great credit to the Kansas City defense. They bent, they allowed Philly the points, but they didn't break. Mm-hmm. That's how you win a Super Bowl. And for Kansas City, it is the second in three years for the Chiefs. And I'm going to go out and say right now that ne- that on that Thursday night, they're going to host Cincinnati in the uh, in the leadoff in the leadoff for the uh, NFL season. I think the Philadelphia game is certainly going to be a big one, but they're going to win that for the middle of the season to get the big rating. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati at Kansas City to start things off. I would. I would. I, I like that one, but I forgot about one. All right. I forgot about one that they can open up with. Denver at Kansas City with Sean Payton making his coaching debut with the Denver Broncos. Okay. They could open with that one, too. That would be, that would I'm going to go with Denver, Kansas City, because I didn't bring that up the last time it was on the show. Right. But I'm going to go Denver, Kansas City. Yeah, I like Bengals. I like Bengals Chiefs. I do. Yeah, I think they'll be good for Kansas City. I don't. I don't know, man. That, that might turn to some slaughter gang stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what you want to introduce Sean Payton to. We get back to the league. That's a, that's that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big problem. Man, see what they're thinking about today. Looks like the gloves off. If I no, if, oh, yeah. I would make I would make Sean Payton's first game back against. The Raiders in Las Vegas, simply because it's already simply because it's already going to be a circus. Why not bring in an actual circus? You know, in my view, for the Super Bowl, you know, Jalen Hurts put on his fourth performance, being the first player since Bill Davis to put up three rushing touchdowns in the game. But, but. I think, I think the difference maker in the game, besides the Chiefs actually figuring out the Eagles' defense, which no team has done during these playoffs, and for the better part of the especially during the playoffs, was that Nick Bolton scamped up for the touchdown. That right there, because the, the score would have been even more lopsided going into the third quarter. Mm-hmm. If he wouldn't have scored that, if, if he wouldn't have scored that, that's that no more coverage. 
And the ball, it, it, it was, and Hurts just dropped it, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was just a very bad turnover from Hurts. And sure, you see him going on the sideline saying, that was my bad, my fault, I'm sorry, you know, I'll own this. You know, he took full credit for it, or full blame for it. Didn't try to pass it off on anyone else. Gets back in, gets to work. But, you said, Daniel said the momentum was clearly going yards. Yeah. Momentum was clearly 75 yards to finish. Yeah. 12, 12 plays, 75 yards uh, after the fumble. Like, and, and, what, and what did uh, Shane Spikeman do? He took the ball in his hands on the very first play and said, here you go, run the football. Right. And, and got the first down. Go ahead, Leon. And, you know, for the most part, you know, the Eagles kind of dominate the contest, but it's, it's the big swings that turn the tide. You know, like, Philly controlled the Super Bowl most of the night. You know, they turned off first down from Eve and doing whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Eagles converted 11 of 18 on third downs. You can't get mad at that. And they were 2 for 4 on fourth downs. Exactly what I was going to look up. 2 for 4 on fourth down. I thought they, honestly, I thought they did, I thought it would have been more than that. Yeah, they were two for you, know, you can't, I mean, on, on, they put up 35 points. Right. And I guess it completely just obliterated my, you know, like my prediction. You know, I, I, I had it, you know, I had it something crazy. Well, I was the only one to get the Chiefs right. The problem is I had the score yeah. in half. If you doubled my score, yeah. my score prediction, I would have been closer. So. Yeah. And I was in the ballpark of the scoring, but I, I just picked the wrong team. You know, but like I said, I, I they, they couldn't fool me a third time. It was just, it's, it's so hard to pick against either of those teams. They were the two best teams. Because the Chiefs have been considered one of the, one of the best, if not the best team in the, since Mahomes got there, and then the Eagles come out here and just and just obliterate the NFC. But it also showed a couple things. One, it showed that man, the Eagles' defense did, did they really get exposed, or was or did we just see the greatness of Mahomes? And I think we just saw the greatness of Mahomes. I don't think the Eagles got exposed. They just Never seen an offense like this. It, it, they haven't seen uh, a play calling and, and just a, a coach in Andy Reid who can make adjustments like the Kansas City Chiefs can. They haven't seen anything like that before. They ran what shot through. Look, they they met the they, they met the New York Giants who just got back in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Easy. You took on the San Francisco 49ers with no quarterback. Easy. Now let's see what happens when it match wits to wit. And they came three points away. Just three points away from from getting there. And again, Jalen Hurts he grew up to me. To a superstar. Even in a losing effort. He made one mistake and that was the fumble recovery for a touchdown. They actually the final score would have been thirty five, thirty one possibly. But they not Gave up that that fumble recovery for a score. Right. But but man, you you have to give that guy credit. Number one, number two, you have to get that guy some money. It's time. <laughs> yeah, if you're the Eagles, you re up, you re up on them. And, and guess what? Just uh, all because of the success the Eagles had, their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator get head coaching jobs. 
and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the coaching yeah. carousel that is in full yeah. swing uh, right after the Super Bowl. Again, Steichen going to Indianapolis. Interesting move for him. He replaces Jeff Saturday, who will go probably back to obscurity, or maybe Hebron will go back. Uh, ESPN. Yeah, back to ESPN or Hebron Christian. Okay. And, of course, you know, defensive coordinator as well gets a job, too. Well, of course, we'll talk, we'll talk a lot about that. But the thing about Hurts, again, he's young, and now that now that they are re, they do have to re-up him. Although I think he's got one more year on his on his rookie deal. Um, now they the Chiefs. Yeah, I think you're right, John. The Chiefs have already broken the bank for Mahomes. Lamar Jackson is having a bank broke. We're not sure if it's going to be the Ravens. And really, you look at that, and that's kind of the big issue. And that's what made New England so good. They broke the bank for Brady, but they were able to still get in the pieces, the spare parts that allowed Brady to uh, exploit them and get back to the Super Bowl. And and it looks like Andy Reid is going to be the same type of coach. Okay, you lose Tariq Hill. You're not going anywhere. You find some uh, running backs that can do the job for you. You bring in Juju Schuster-Smith from Pittsburgh. You get in these spare parts. You plug them in. Mahomes is able to find them, and you're still going to go. And it looks like the Eagles are going to have that same problem when they do indeed give Jalen Hurts that big contract. They're, I mean, they're going to have to be up against the salary cap. Now, the Falcons had the same issue with Matt Ryan. They're now at the back end of that, and they're hope, uh, and the cycle is they got money. Yeah, they got money to spend. But that's the thing. Kansas City and Philadelphia, you re-up these people, and, you, and I'm not saying you don't re-up them. You have to. But then you got to get a little more creative with what you're going to do because you don't have the money to spend for – the big names, you're just going to have to develop them on your own or bring them in through free agency and just hope that Hurts or, uh, or or Mahomes is able to keep the magic of these new parts. We'll see if Hurts can when the time is ready for him to do so. Yeah. I'm hearing, I'm hearing some nonsense in the media. But... And, I, and I, I don't know if this is actually legit, but there's some, there, there's, there's, it's brewing. Cowboys, um, they're saying that the Cowboys are having interest in Aaron Rodgers. All right. And really, in the post, in the, in, in the, I guess we're in the off season now. What is what Mr. Rodgers is going to be doing? is probably story 1 and 1A for the NFL offseason. Where will he wind up? Where will Derek Carr wind up? Uh, where, mm-hmm. where will Lamar Jackson wind up? Mm-hmm. Which one will go to the Falcons? So that's interesting that Dallas is going, looking in the direction of, of Aaron Rodgers because that, that marriage is over in Green Bay. There's no question of that. As, and I suppose Aaron's going to find out as soon as he can fi- as soon as he can figure out how to turn the lights on. Uh, but that's interesting. Aaron Rodgers to Dallas. I this to me to me that is an indication that Jer- that Jerry Jones is getting desperate. We all know yeah, that we've said that. said it on this show. Jerry Jones wants a Super Bowl before he dies. Uh, he wants he wants to hold that Lombardi Trophy one more time before he shuffles off this mortal coil, and that would tell me that he is getting 
desperate to get that last Super Bowl trophy before he before he packs it in. And I don't know if you're if you're if you're making moves based on desperation. I don't see how how possibly it works out well for you. I think Jerry needs to chill out. You, you, you got three, man. Yeah, but, but he what? wants that one more. He Wait, wants well, like, that one more. Um, he, he, wants he, gotta, take it, he wants to take it to his grave, literally. He, he'll be okay. Because he has three more than my team has. He has the chief organization just received their third one. I mean, they got the first one in 1969. Okay. Well, they uh, yeah. Who, who, who? Dallas? No, the Chiefs. No, the Chiefs. The Chiefs got their first Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, 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 they beat the Bucs. Yeah. I think it was yeah. Super Bowl two, wasn't it? No, it was, it was Super Bowl four, I believe. Four, okay. It was Super Bowl four. Lombardi's Packers won the first two Super Bowls. And then did, they beat the Chiefs and the Raiders. And then what, didn't the Jets win three? The Jets, the Jets the won, three. won three, and then, and and then the Chiefs won, the Chiefs won four. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So, they're gonna, he'll be okay. But, I mean, the, uh, those organizations out there, i.e. Atlanta, i.e. the Chargers, that doesn't have a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And his organization has three of them. And, and on top of that, you're going to the playoff every year, so you're getting playoff revenue every year. But you're not winning. Leon, you're not winning, and, he, and like I said, you're exactly. not winning. You, you go, you, yeah. you go in. You're not getting to the championship game. You're not getting to the Super Bowl. You think that you you will do anything. You will you will sell your soul if you still have one in Jerry Jones's case to get back to that because you want that rush of being the of they being on top of everything. Been. They have not been to the NFC. Forget the Super Bowl. They have not been to the NFC Championship since they won the whole thing in '97. '97. We're going on thirty years. Twenty-five We're years. We're going on thirty years. I was thirteen years old the last time the Cowboys made an NFC Championship appearance, and they have had the teams to get at least there. Well, tell me, something will come up short. Someone needs to tell Jerry Jones to hire a GM. And that's the other problem. Jerry, su- Jerry suffers from Al Davis syndrome, where he thinks he, mm-hmm. he where he thinks he knows better. Now Al Davis actually did know better. I mean Al was I mean Al say what you will. The guy was a genius in terms of putting a, yeah, in, in terms of putting a roster. I mean he would he got John Madden. He got T. He got he got this team in the seventies and eighties in early eighties that reflected his persona. And that's what Al Dave that's what Al Davis did. And then toward the end he did kind of sit back and say, Okay, you know what? You guys you guys take over, you guys run this ship. And you know, but I mean Al Davis in the seventies made a team in his image. And they were the toughest, most physical team this side of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would say they were I would say they were they bordered on the insane. I mean, you don't want to encounter Ted Hendricks in a dark alley. You don't want to encounter a lot of pe- a lot of those people. I mean, you know, the, guys- Cowboys, the Cowboys have more Super Bowls than certain teams even have Super Bowl appearances, like Chicago. 
Chicago has one. One Super Bowl, two Super Bowl appearances. Okay, yeah, I knew, yeah, okay. The Indianapolis Colts lost. Yeah. That was the other one, John. Okay. Right. They have most, the Cowboys, before Jerry Jones bought the team, one Super Bowl. They had one. Mm-hmm. As good as Roger Starback was, as many of the passes in the Super Bowl that he had, he had one win. Well, again, they ran up against Bradshaw. Um, basically, Bradshaw was his was his uh, nemesis. The, 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 Buffalo, the Cowboys were the Buffalo Bills before the Buffalo Bills, but they, they actually won one. You know, they have more Super Bowls than the Buffalo Bills. You got to be cool, man. You, you actually, sometimes, you, you, like, Jerry Jones has signed more deals with the devil to the point where the devil got comforts on the same ball. So, okay, so here's the thing about that. It, I, I get it. I, I get what you're saying, but here's the problem with that. All 32 teams, right, 32 teams have one goal, and it's their ultimate goal every single year. Your Chargers have it. My Falcons have it. And no, no matter the weather, yeah, we, we, whenever we get there, we just can't seem to get nothing done, right? right? But here's the thing. Only one team could win. Kansas City, of course, congratulations to them. But here's the thing about Jerry Jones and the win-now mentality. They are the most scrutinized franchise in the NFL. And who made them that? They are. Jerry and, Jones. And Jerry Jones made it that way. Yes. He made it that way, John. And, and that's and that's why he is in such a a win-now mentality mode. What, what does Stephen A. Smith say about him all the time? They are an accident waiting to happen. They always do this, right? They, they get your hopes up, and then what do they do? It just falls right back down. They can't get it done after the second round of the playoffs. When they get to the second round, it's just like it's, it's, it's nothing else. This team has to be. It's like the Lakers in the NBA. <laughs> Listen, if they don't make the playoffs again, it's like or if LeBron doesn't make the playoffs again, it's like London Bridge is falling all the way down. It's like the Yankees in Major League Baseball. Exactly. Although uh, the most uh, the most story franchises. Yeah. Although to be honest, ever since George Steinbrenner left left us, you know, it watching them pratfall hasn't been nearly as well wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, when, I got you. when Steinbrenner was there and and they fell down, that it, we were just loving it simply because he was such a Jerry Jones's win back. You know, yeah. always saying how great his team was, how great he was. Most importantly, always paying to get to get the uh, talent in that he needed to win the World Series, and oftentimes it worked because he didn't have to deal with a yeah. salary cap. Now that he's got a, now that yeah. the Yankees have a have a salary cap to deal with, it's getting a little tougher for them to do it. And this this uh, drought that they're on is starting. It's it's you can tell it's getting to them. But again, mm-hmm. with Steinbrenner gone, it's it's not as satisfying as it used to be. Especially for a White Sox fan. So, but anyway, but yeah, Jerry. Oh. I mean, yeah, you got to have that win now mentality. Um, yeah. A lot of teams, they are playing the long game. Like the Atlanta Falcons, they said, "Hey, we're we know we're going to stink for a year or two. Yes, we're seven mm-hmm. and ten. We over, we you know, we we, we kind of overdid it. We did overdid it. We were expecting. I mean, shoot." They, some pundits, four to five wins. Some pundits were even going lower than that, three. 
I've seen two. I think I think Vegas had it four and a half, which a lot of people thought yeah, was it was on the was on the uh, was on the overside. They got seven, and all you hear about is right. we got seven. We we cheated ourselves out of a good draft pick. So you know, I mean, it's kind of like you're, you're darned if you do, darned if you don't. But remember, that's what the Falcons once they once they jettisoned Matt Ryan, they were trying desperately to lowball expectations, and the fan base wasn't really having it. And of course, as Daniel has mentioned, we were in the last, the worst co- uh, division in the NFL. So that's that. Once that six and eight, six and nine was going down, it was actually looking like a playoff team if we could get some wins together. We couldn't, and, you know, we're another top 10. But the corner has been rounded, I think. We've got that core in there. We've found some good playmakers. Now it's just a matter of getting the ball to said playmakers. And it looks like, I mean, I mean, I don't think the Falcons are going to draft a quarterback in the first round. They're either going to go with a free agent, bringing in a free agent, being it Aaron Rodgers, being it Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson. I think they're going to stay away from a, a quarterback in the first round or try to pick one up later. I think it's either Desmond Ritter or the free agent, and a lot of times it's a crapshoot on if you can get the free agent. So I, I, that's, that's what it looks like. And, of course, as we've been saying ad nauseum on this show, yeah, they need someone on the defense, need someone to be stout on the defense. It's always happened, we've always said, and usually Atlanta has goes after an offensive pick. But, again, you got – you got Drake London, who's been a who's been a revelation. Kyle Pitts kind of suffered a sophomore slump because a lot of the defenses were picking on him, and for whatever reason, and he got hurt. And he got hurt, and for whatever reason, def- he, and for whatever reason, Atlanta always does this. They always make the best player the decoy. Instead of getting him the football, they make him a decoy. And Drake London yep. definitely uh, benefited from that. So next season, Drake London is going to be the decoy. And someone else will come up. So, you know, well, I, but like I said, I think the corner has been rounded. Now that Tom Brady is out at Tampa, this division is very much up for grabs. And it's going to be uh, interesting to see who the quarterback situation is going to be next year. Um, it looks to me like every team in the division will have a different starting quarterback than they did to start this last season. Hey, I do apologize for the start it. Ryder Starback actually won two. Okay. They won the one two. Okay. Um, the Cowboys are five. They, they've been to the Super Bowl eight times. Right. Mm-hmm. One five. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, in there, they're, they're in the playoffs almost every year. Yeah. Unlike my team. Unlike your team, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I feel you know. You know how, like you know how Americans we complain about things. Oh, that's. Uh, oh, we. No, uh, you're close. We complain about things on social media. Okay, we complain about things on social media, right? Yes. But then you have uh, imagine living in Nicaragua, listening to Americans complain about what we don't have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel. Like these guys are like on their high horse in the playoffs every year, really in the playoffs. They don't win the Super Bowl, they still get the chance to win. And then you got teams like the New York Giants who pretty much just made it their first playoff appearance in forever. Mm-hmm. You, you, you got you got you got franchises like the Jet 
Oh, have you already placed it? You know, the Jets haven't been really successful since Mark Sanchez. I would say since Joe Namath. Since Joe Namath, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm saying Mark because, you know, they went to back-to-back AFC championships. Right. Got it. You know, Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez, that little small A, I mean, they, they, they took my team out. 2009, I don't forget that. But, yeah, I mean, we, we got teams out there that really, that, the Miami Dolphins have had, like, 20 quarterbacks. Like, I'm not even lying. No. Since <laughs> Dan Miller retired. Mm-hmm. And having sniffed the Super Bowl since 1973. Well, they, oh. they did have the only undefeated playoff regular season in NFL history, and they're going to lord it over our heads until someone else pulls it off. Right. Hey, hey. Patriots, came, you know, but, Patriots came close. They were a helmet catch away from pulling it off, but yeah. it's still going to be the Dolphins. Yeah, that record, and it's interesting, that record has survived Tom Brady. That record, that, that, that set into Dolphins, um, that, that, that record has survived Joe Montana. It survived Tom Brady. Almost. It survived John Elbert. Yep. It survived. It survived a lot of quarterbacks. Peyton Manning. I mean, every, Manning, every quarterback you could think of. Cam Yeah. Cam Newton. It, it is, yeah, Leon, you're absolutely right. It has survived a lot of. I'm talking about the, I'm not, the, the upper echelon of that position, it has survived. And, and Brian Greasy that year. Mm-hmm. I think they said he only threw for 1,600 yards. 1,600 plus yards. That, that was Larry Zonka. That was, that, they, they put it in Zonka's hands. Yeah, yeah. And Zonka had, had more, I think he had more rushing yards than, than, uh, than uh, Greasy had more passing yards. It, it, it was unbelievable. Like they, and going through the playoffs, they didn't blow anybody out, <laughs> including, in the, including the Super Bowl. They they did not blow anybody out in that in in those playoffs, but they withstood the they withstood it all and, and got the unbeaten season. Yeah. So you know it, it's just when, when I hear you know like when I hear the Cowboys complain and you know cry me a river. Cry me, boo hoo. Take your three, take your three championships, and cry. And, and, you, know, you know, I mean, just the nerve. That's like the Patriots complaining. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're gonna be, you'll be okay. You guys are gonna be okay. Right. <laughs> the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers complaining. You guys are gonna be okay. But you know, um. Uh, and, you know, I guess you, when you're born with success, I guess, you know, when you're born with success, I guess. Well, the thing that is, as Daniel said it, any season that doesn't result in a Super Bowl title is a failure. So you say success, Dallas, Jerry Jones, they're say, they'll come back at you with failure because they didn't win the title. That is like the, that's their benchmark. Like it or okay. not, like it or not, I, that's the bench. I get it. I get it. So, you know, but to challenge that point, John, so you can though the Detroit Lions, okay, they didn't make the they didn't make the playoffs last year. Right? Yeah. They they can see that be a failure. 
They would. We wouldn't. They would. I mean, we say, hey, hey, Detroit, you didn't absolutely stunk. You were halfway decent. Congratulations. Dan, we, say, we say that to Dan Campbell. He's going to pile drive us. He's yeah. going to throw us into a table <laughs> if we say that to him. And you know why? Because we didn't get, we didn't win a Super Bowl. That's why. That's and, why. And Dan Campbell and that Detroit Lions team, first off, that entire organization, that fan base, that team itself, has bought into Dan Campbell. Mm -hmm. And you can tell how they have all rallied. We've even bought into Dan Campbell. Yes. I, 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 say, I know I've bought into him. I love the way he coaches. You just have to give him a chance, right? Right. You have to leave him there long enough yeah. to get his system going. And I think the Lions are going to be a sleeper team to make the playoffs next season. They are coming. They are coming, especially if especially with Aaron Rodgers out of the division. They are coming. The Vikings, we don't know what they're going to be like. They might be the they might be the Dodgers of the division. We're not sure that they've won that division, so we don't know. Chicago, they still look like they're in rebuilding mode. So Detroit can take it. They can take that division there's, if they want to. There's rumblings that they want to trade Justin Fields. Which I think is crazy. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I think that's nuts. Because yeah. that was the guy who got you to where you are. It was it was him and nobody else to be honest with you. It was it's Justin Fields just playing out there by himself. You got the guy running toss sweeps. I mean, be serious. <laughs> yeah, be serious, man. If they trade Justin Fields, I've heard that it, it's like a it was gonna be a waste of time because you know it's like allegedly allegedly that um, the the Ravens and the and the Bears are in talks of swapping out quarterbacks. But then, if you're, um, what, what, what's, the, what's the name of the owner of the Ravens? Um, what's the name of the owner? I can't think of him. Who owns the Ravens? Scotty. 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 All right. Yes, yeah, that's right. Right. So, he's a, you're just kicking the can down the road, man. Because Justin Fields is going to want his money. You got to pay him. Like, you don't want to pay that. You don't want to pay that money. You, you have to think. You, you got to send the Cleveland Browns a bottle of champagne for that, man. Send them a bottle of champagne. Because they missed the market forever. Forever. I mean, you got, it, it was interesting when quarterbacks were getting nine figures on that guarantee deal, right? Right. It, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. It was pushing. But then when they gave Deshaun Watson 100% guaranteed money, that messed it up forever. Oh yeah, no question, no question that that upended the entire salary uh, for quarterbacks. No question. And the owner was saying, "Look, yeah, it's set, look, it's set the money. It's set the money." And the yeah. question is, the question, the the uh, owners are telling the agents, "Say, look, uh, the Browns, they're crazy. You can't expect us to go by this type of salary structure. The Browns are are out of their mind." And while the yeah, while the agents will say, "Yeah, you're right. We're still gonna use it this way," yes. they would disbar <laughs> us if we didn't use it this way. So if you're if you're an owner, you're stuck. But you're I mean, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Let me tell you, it's going to turn the NFL will turn into the NBA pretty soon because it started it started with the Cleveland Browns in the quarterback position. But what about when the star wide receiver asking for that money? 
And it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have four wide receivers asking for the. Remember, it, it kind of it was a big deal when Ezekiel Elliott got ninety and fifty. Yep. Yep. That was a big deal. I guarantee you, you're gonna have a big name linebacker. It's going to turn. This is going to turn to the NFL. They they Like I said, they gotta send the Cleveland Browns a bottom of Corbell. Thank you. Yeah, the, agent, the agents are. The agents are. The owners are going to send him a bottle of strychnine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm John Morgan with Daniel Bolton Leon here in the last few guys do a podcast. We're talking Super Bowl and all the ramifications. We're talking about the crazy quarterback structures that Deshaun Watson created. Let's talk a little bit. We uh, preview this in our opening remarks. Now let's get into it. The, the decision with Eric Bieniemy as we call him, Eric, sleeping with the enemy, OC with Kansas City, seemingly the head coach in waiting, he takes the same job with the commanders. And this is an example of, well, again, if I'm, you know, there's, there's got to be some money going on here because if, if, if this is just a lateral move, I would just stay with Kansas City. I don't understand why he's got to go to Washington unless he's thinking to himself, hey, if I could turn around this Commander franchise, if I can make this Commander franchise, which plays fourth in the NFC East, a very tough division anyway, but still a 500 team because they went 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one. if I can make this team, up, if we can hit the playoffs, I should be able to uh, name my head coaching job next year. But, you know, call me nuts, but I thought he's already gotten to the point where I consider him a head I consider him a head coach. I don't see why he has to prove himself all over again by going to a downtrodden franchise like Washington. Well, let me tell you. I think we all I think we all know that from the home the reason why we're not gonna name him a head coach. And I think it has a big part of because he's black. You know what I'm saying? Um, if, if he does become a, a head coach, it'll be for Houston Texans. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get like that. They're, they're going to really sniff him. Like, hey, hey, the bigger head coaching position, you know, when, when we have no resources. But for someone like Ed Kennedy, who's probably one of the most accomplished offensive coordinators this game has ever seen, to not have a head coaching position is just, it makes so much sense. Right. Uh, okay. I, I understand. I understand. Oh, we get it. We get it. I, I know. Okay. Oh, it's the same reason why Deion Sanders is like one of the only black coaches in the NCAA, and the reason why Hunt Edwards was sabotaged by Arizona by his own staff. We get it. We get it. And and if and he said, and if I was him, I would just sit and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you, John. I don't even why are you going to the job of the Commanders? If they if they suck, it's gonna give them. If, if, if the commanders suck, which they may not, because the commanders actually may be offensive coordinator away from actually making the playoffs. Right. Well, no, they they they're on the cusp. Okay. They need yeah they need they need a quarterback. That's one. thing. you gotta have you gotta have Brian I don't think Taylor Heineke as much as I love as much as I like Taylor Heineke, I just don't think he's the answer at quarterback. It's his last name. It's just something spell superstar. Mm-hmm. Heineken? Uh, uh, well, he's a local kid. He's from he, 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 very well for the Eagles. Did very well for Old Dominion. I mean, I've actually, I've, 
I've called one or two of his games when he was a starter on Collins Hill back in back in the yeah. early part of next last decade. I think he rings like ugly. You know something? Like, did, did, did you at one point in time think Dan Ugla was going to break that record? You mean the record of futility? I mean, Dan Ugla, Dan Ugla was good when he was in San Diego. That's why the Braves traded for him. It's just that when he got here and he couldn't figure out how to hit a base, he suddenly couldn't figure out how to hit a baseball. That's what I'm saying. Like, see, when you think of, like, break up Pete Rose, that sounds like someone's going to break a record. Clay Cop, that's someone. That's like someone's gonna break a record. Bonds, yeah, that sounds like someone could break a record. Yeah. Ugly, uh, 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 you know. So you, you can have the brain trust, in which the commanders now, with with, with the addition of Eric Bieniemy, who used to play for Chargers, by the way, they have the brain trust, but they don't have the personnel. And and I know people out there like, well, hold on. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, and people question their wide receiving personnel with the subtraction of Tyreek Hill. Exactly. Yeah. And they won anyway. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. I made that point a little earlier. And that's a salute to Eric the enemy. And, and let me just bring up a point here. Again, coming back to what, where we started, why is this such – why is this such a, a, a an awkward move? First off, he, he becomes an assistant head coach, which he wasn't in Kansas City. Okay, so, there's, so, it's, there's so the, there is a the little off. bit of a promotion, a just a bit tiny of, bit. Yeah, he gets he gets more money. That's it's good. a lot of things that are promised that are promised to him in in the incentives of being the Washington Commanders head uh, uh, offensive coordinator. But here's the problem: he is not the head coach right. but it would be it wouldn't be so much of a problem if jonathan gannon did not get selected as arizona cardinals uh head coach and he was the philadelphia eagles defensive coordinator yeah. yes but there's the same defensive coordinator who could not set patrick mahomes and gave up 38 points and lost so we had two coordinators to lose, but gain coaching positions. Well, we had one coordinator to win, and he's still an offensive coordinator. It just don't make sense. Now, Shane Steichman, I ain't got no problem with that because what he can do for that Indianapolis team, first off, he's going to go and get his quarterback. Right. He is responsible for developing Jalen Hurts, or not developing Jalen Hurts, but putting in a scheme that fits Jalen Hurts. If we will say he developed him, Jalen Hurts developed himself. Yes. Okay. If anybody developed him, it was Nick Saban. Okay. Yeah, Nick Saban, but, and then going to Oklahoma for that year once Tua took over. And, and Lincoln Riley got him right. So and when Lincoln was there, so my my thing is he if he goes and get the quarterback that he needs, like a Will uh, Levis out of Kentucky, or, or or one of those running quarterbacks that he could get. Um, I I think that he'll be fine in Indianapolis because he's going to get the scheme. The scheme is going to be there. The offensive line is there. Jonathan Taylor, if he gets to run in the football like he will, he's going to be a, a, a close to an 18, 1900-yard running back like he was uh, last season before he had whatever he had going on this year. So, Stipe, I can kind of get, but still, 
guys, we we setting the clock back again, and and we're doing this again, and it's the same guy who keeps becoming the victim of it, and it's Eric the Enemy. Eric the Enemy has been the best play caller in the NFL since he got Mahomes. Right. I, I don't think I think I think that Mahomes and the Enemy made each other better. I don't think it was one way. Right. So they made each other better. Right. Who was more disappointed? Do you believe? To to your point, Daniel. To your point. So who was more disappointed that Eric Benjamin left the Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes. To everything you just said, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Juan Rivera. I think it's I, man. That's a good question. I think Mahomes. I slightly. Mah- I think Mahomes yeah. will now experience what Tom Brady did when he left New England to go to Tampa. Can I win yep. without the person who made me what I am? Eric yep. Bieniemy. Can because I win <laughs> now without Bieniemy? That is going to be Patrick Mahomes' question that he's going to have to deal with this season. And I think, because, to be honest, I don't think that question is going to be asked nearly enough. Because first you lose a star wide receiver. You, you lost the star wide receiver, you still won. Now you lose the star offensive coordinator. Ooh. Mm. And and getting back to Leon's point, we've never we never mentioned this, and I, I which is really sad because I really wanted to get in on this. Uh, Leon kind of he brought up Deion Sanders. I want to bring up Ed Reed. He got the head coaching yeah. job at Bethune Cookman. And then two weeks later, that deal went down the tubes, and he's gone. So I. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. What, I mean, what are we expecting? Uh, I, I understand why we want Ed Reed to coach. Great name. They wanted him to do to Bethune-Cookman what Dion did to Jackson State. But why did everything go south so quickly? Because he spoke his mind. Okay. He spoke his mind about the facility. Because Rathone Cookman's facilities were god-awful. And he spoke his mind, and they didn't like the fact that he spoke his mind. And the thing is, is that what is he supposed to do? So basically, they just told, they, uh, to me, the way I look at it is, they basically told every to shut up about it and do something about it like Dion did. Right. Listen, everybody, everybody's not going to have the same attitude as Dion Sanders. Deion Sanders had to put up with a lot of stuff those three years he was at Jackson State. Okay? He deserves a D1 coaching position. Okay? He put a lot of his money into doing that. Something that somebody else should have been doing a long time ago. You know, if the facilities are that bad, if they're that messed up in an HBCU, then there's a problem. So while Deion did something about it, Ed Reed was waiting for... Ed Reed thought he could shame the administration into doing something about it. And that Correct. that didn't fly over. Dion says, okay, and you're it, not going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he, Dion, and it, it gets back to what uh, Leon was talking about, complaining. You can complain or you can do something about it. And that's what Dion did. He did something about it. The name Dion Sanders can bring in the money to update your weight room, update your uniforms, update your equipment, and ostensibly the name Ed Reed could do the same. I mean, Ed Reed could call call Miami, get all the people that, that that saw him play at Miami, and get them to pony up. So the question becomes, did Ed Reed just not think about doing that? 
or did he think that public, as you said, publicly shaming Bethune-Cookman's administration would do something? Because I think, I mean, I, look, look, I mean, just look at 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 a normal, I would say, a D of power five or a group of five conference. Uh, I'm going to pick one at random. Uh, Ball State. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to stay away from Georgia State because we're getting out of that. But you look at a team from Ball State. You know what? We're going to go play Ohio State. We're going to get $100,000 for getting our tail feathers kicked from Ohio State. And that is our operating budget for the entire year. And it's not like it's going to one sport. It's going to every sport. So you can say, okay, well, we'll not only will we go to Ohio State and get our tail feathers kicked, we'll go to Michigan and get our tail feathers kicked. And that will give us another $100,000 to operate for everything. That, I mean, you figure, D, as much as we don't want to admit it, well, we're, as much as we don't want to, uh, as, as much as we're not crazy with the fact, football drives the bus. And usually the only way, if you're a smaller institution, to get that revenue money without having mm-hmm. the donors, without doing what, Jackson, what Deion does at Jackson State, is to offer yourself up mm-hmm. as a sacrificial lamb and get that gigantic mm-hmm. payday. Once you get that payday, well, it's not like it's going to football because everybody, it's like a, it's like almost like a pig trough. Everyone's coming in to get a sex, to get as much as they can for that money. So you have yep. to be able to diversify. That's one thing you got to do. But most importantly, you got to be creative in what in what you do to to get that money. And Dion was ex- give Dion credit for being an imaginative creative individual i mean we all know Deion Deion sanders is creative we all know that and he was able to pull that off and for whatever reason ed reed thought he could do the same thing as daniel said by publicly shaming the the university and one and what have i said on this on this program i've said it many times the one thing that people don't want to hear is that they're the bad guys Bethune Cookman didn't want to hear, didn't want to get the blame for that. So out goes Ed Reed. Right. And it was and and my thing with that is, and I'm gonna let Leon get his point in. But my thing with that, I, I don't I don't blame Ed Reed for it either. You know, I I mean listen, this is what it it, it wasn't like it wasn't a mutual thing for them to rescind his offer. He said, Well listen, <laughs> If I'm going to come, if y'all going to put me in conditions like this, I don't want to coach here. Right. I, I, I don't. What you had to say, Leon? Well, you know, it's no secret that when I when I heard about the Dion move, um, I believe that I reacted more with cultural emotion mm-hmm. versus, you know, getting all the facts and details. When I found out the facts and the details and how much stuff, that go, to your point, Daniel, that Dion had to put up with while at Jackson State, Robberies, vandalism, vandalism. Having, I mean, having shower on the road. Oh man, they can't even shower at their own home facility because the water was so dirty. You know, and and that you know that was outside of everybody's um power on that one. But you know, it, you know, that's unfortunately turning revenge. But we're looking at the the uh, how crooked the administration was and their deal with Deion Sanders. How he was actually mm-hmm. supposed to be a because him be to your point, John, mm-hmm. him being Deion Sanders brought so much prestige 
through that school. He, he brought sponsors in. He put up a lot of his own money to help out, which he shouldn't have done. He didn't have to do any of that. He's donating his salary to the kids. But he also brought a microscope. Whether he meant to or not, he brought a microscope with him. And there are some people that really weren't, wasn't crazy about having the microscope because there was, as getting to Daniel's point, there was stuff that they could get away with that they could no longer get away with simply because the microscope was there. Exactly. And now that the microscope and is gone, you wonder if how long mm-hmm. it'll take Jackson State to regress. It, it's it's not gonna. They're not gonna be able to get that back. You know, Deion Sanders brought a uh, Coach Sanders brought a lot to that, and you know, um, I just hope that he's able to have the same success because you know, at the end of the day. And this goes back to our playing versus the NFL, how everybody everybody would like to get a Super Bowl. If you don't get a Super Bowl, it's like everybody is Super Bowl bust at the end of the day. If you're, it's, it's like this. As a head coach, if your team does not win the Super Bowl, your job is in jeopardy. Right. It, it's safe to say that. They, they have grounds to fire you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just look at the, just look at the Falcons. They wanted Kyle Shanahan's head after that Super Bowl loss. They wanted his. They wanted him, and of course, he wasn't the head coach at the time. But still, they they wanted some. We, we they wanted some sacrificial lamb. It wasn't going to be Quinn. It was going to be Shanahan. The fan base demanded a pound of flesh. Yes. For that, for, for that debacle, and then to, to, to am I can, am I right? No, absolutely. Like, somebody had to pay, right? So you know, um, so when looking at Jackson State, you know they didn't win. They you know as long as Deion, I don't think that Jackson State has actually even won any type of championship. I don't think so. They didn't. They, they were just really good. They, they they were just really good. They had all the they had, they, they they had the microscope on them. They they actually on TV. You know, they, you know you have celebrities at the games. There's an HBCU game of the week. There's an HBCU basketball game of the week package. That doesn't happen without yes. Dion. That does not yes. happen without Dion. They're even showing women's basketball. They're even showing doubleheaders, women's and men's, on this HBCU game of the basketball game of the week. Of course, some stations are electing not to take it, but you know that's 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 the thing. But again, that doesn't happen without Dion. And right. I hate to cut. I, I really hate to cut you short, but we're running low on time. No problem. Not a problem. And, and no. We'll talk about this next week. Um, Absolutely. One quick point before we get out of here on this edition of last three guys do a podcast and it has to do with georgia high school basketball the state tournament starts this week we have our seedings in and pace academy the team that daniel and i call games for in the nfhs network is a two seed in their region and they're going to host mill uh, they're going to host miller grove the three seed at pace academy this is important because it is a kind of a homecoming game in reverse Charmin white the, uh, who is the under-19 FIBA head coach for the USA, basically put Miller Grove on the basketball map, was a dynasty in the late late 2000s, early 2010s. And now he's at Pace Academy. So basically, 
It's Charmed White against the team he brought to national prominence. In fact, the the court at Miller Grove is named the Charmin White Court. They named it in his honor. And he has got to be facing his former team in the first round of the state playoffs. And hopefully Daniel and I are going to have that game on the NFHS Network, hopefully Tuesday and Thursday. Check your local listings. So a pretty incredible uh, turn of events for Coach White having to face that team. There is going to be a lot of emotion at the Inman Center Chambers Court for this ball game. It is. Um, and, again, you know, I get on the air. You know, you and I get on the air every time, and I just, you know, gloss over the greatness of Sherman White. This guy can coach a basketball team, man. Um, he's going to go up against a little adversity this year, and it's probably going to be tougher than what he went through last year. Um, uh, just, just a lot of things that have happened with this team this year. They've had an up and down roller coaster. They've had a bit of a roller coaster ride, and now you're going to step into the tournament, into the state tournament. Now a number two seed, you expected to be a one or a two, but not love it being the one seed. That's the. I think that's the shocker to everybody because. McDonough goes on the road, man. They're going to be a dangerous road team. They are the and furthermore, they are the defending champion in their classification, and they are stuck with a and road, going on the road on in their first round opponent. So that, so that's right. Be and then, and then not only that, not only that, Pace and McDonough on the same side, which means that we could get a McDonough Pace semifinal. We could. We could. We could. It's possible, and we could get it because we got the 3A and the 4A uh, semifinals in Fort Valley. Yeah, we'll be at Fort Valley on March 3rd and the 4th for the 3A and 4A semifinals. Four games uh, each day. We're starting at, I believe, 4 o'clock Eastern time, but again, that's going to be in two weeks, March 2nd and 3rd. We're going to have more about that as the uh, first and second round starts playing, things will start coming into focus. But again, watch us there on the NFHS Network, March 3rd and 4th from Fort Valley, Georgia, uh, my home away from home, and we'll be there on the uh-huh. NFHS Network. Can't wait for those for those ball games. It should be a lot of fun. I'm back at it. And we will have more next week on the Last Three Guys to a Podcast. Uh, I'm John Morgo for Daniel and Leon. Again, like and subscribe and download this episode wherever you get your favorite podcasts spotify itunes soundcloud Pocket Cast, wherever you wherever you get them we're there apple podcasts as well so until next week we'll see you later this has been the last three guys to do a podcast <laughs>